0: Hey friends, Marth here, host of AIJ Cast. At the moment that I record this message, I am safely at home in Atlanta. Well, I'm actually in my car, but more about that later. But I was scheduled to be leading a pilgrimage group to Israel and Palestine. All of that changed, of course, over the past week. Faithful listeners of this podcast know that this region, which some people call the Holy Land, holds a special place in my heart and in my life having spent the early formative years of my ministry living and working in a Palestinian village in the Northern West Bank called Zababdeh. Because of my time there and for other reasons, I have hesitated to add my voice to what I see as a performative cacophony that tends to stand in for much of our political activism these days. It's so much easier to slap an Israeli flag onto your Facebook profile or a Palestinian flag or both. I have been angry and heartbroken and have found it difficult and in some ways even pointless to try to put words to all of this. And so I had to relearn, yet again, that the thing that keeps me grounded in such moments is to listen to the wisdom of my Palestinian Christian siblings. I was one of several hundred people on a weekly Zoom call from Sabil. Sabil is the Palestinian Christian Liberation Theological Center based in Jerusalem. And during that call, these words from the prophet Isaiah, which Jesus reads in the Gospel of Luke, rang out to me like a clarion call. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus read, to set the captives free. To set the captives free. So much is being held captive in the midst of this conflict. The 150 or so Israeli hostages that are held by Hamas in Gaza, many of them elderly and children, the thousands of Palestinian prisoners languishing in Israeli prisons, including more than a 1,000 held without being charged, and at least 150 children who are in prison as well. There's the two million Palestinians living in Gaza, most of them refugees or descendants of refugees, displaced when Zionist forces established the State of Israel in 1948, and whose lives continue to be determined by the State of Israel, who hems them in on all sides and from above and below there's the captivity of all those who see the conflict through a lens of anti-semitism as though they have learned of some secret jewish cabal at work controlling things from the sidelines there's the captivity of those who see this conflict through the lens of islamophobia saying that the slaughter of innocents is what islam is ultimately all about especially of christians and jews there's the three million palestinians living under the suffering of the israeli occupation in the west bank and East Jerusalem, an occupation which is simply tightening and tightening and tightening. There's the captivity of the more than 700,000 Israeli settlers, those who are ideologically bound and otherwise, who have made no room for Palestinians anywhere in the land or anywhere in their lives. There's the captivity that holds us Americans and elsewhere, who are rightly outraged when Hamas kills and captures Israeli civilians, but sent silent. When israel does the same to palestinians over and over and over again for decades on end and then there's the captivity that sees none of this happening in the rest of the world but is only awakened when it happens in what we call the west and there's a captivity that holds all of us when we fail to see the humanity of anyone including those who do not wish us well and outright wish us harm I say all this, of course, from my place of comfort, safety, and privilege, where my biggest concern of being at home is that the construction noises next door are too loud for me to record and have sent me to a nearby park in my car. I'm not losing sleep, worrying about the fate of my loved ones held hostage by Hamas. I'm not worried about whether Israel will allow me and my family to have food, water, electricity, a home or whether we'll survive their next bombardment. And maybe this whole reflection that I'm offering is my own version of performative activism, which is its own kind of captivity from which I too need to be released. What I do know, though, is where I anchor all of this. Faith in Christ means setting the captives free, not in some distant future, not in some unobtainable fantasy, utopian way, In fact, when Jesus reads those words from Isaiah in the fourth chapter of Luke, he ends by saying that the words are fulfilled at that very moment. In other words, we are already 2,000 years late to the party. So here's my invitation to you, our dear listeners. Set the captives free. Set the captives free. For some of you, that involves prayer. For others, it means calling elected officials. For others, it means creating something, a piece of beauty in an otherwise ugly world. For others, it means offering a sign of protest or solidarity or financial support. And that's part of what our discernment here at AIJCast is right now. How do we become part of this movement that will set the captives free? That's the question I leave you with until next time. And until then, I encourage you to create some beauty of your own remembering that the world isn't truly beautiful until it's beautiful for all. So I hope you'll paint your own canvas with justice and peace.